I must have spoke too soon about my cat, you know, not going out in the hallway. Uh, <gasps> no way! Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the other day, it was literally, like, the next day after we had recorded when uh, Anna was taking Luna out to go, you know, take her out to go to the bathroom or whatever, and she was standing in the doorway talking to me, and Amy literally walked right out the door to go, like, with them. She walked right out the door, but she only took, like, three steps and turned around and came right back in, like, real fast. Oh, my God, Amy, you rebellious bitch. I know. <laughs> Who do you think you are? She is getting bold. And she's also, like, um, I think she's trying to befriend Luna. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. Uh a couple of times she's tried to play with her a little bit by like batting at her off of her little perch. <laughs> but Luna's so Cute. like she uh wants to be friends with Amy, but she's so intimidated by her and is always like mm. frozen and staring at her and <laughs> and so she doesn't know how to react and she verges on overreacting because she gets so excited by the mm-hmm. fact that Amy's paying any amount of attention to her. Yeah, it's pretty pathetic. But I was going to say, I can't believe there's an animal in this world that is intimidated by Amy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a pretty, that's a pretty pathetic group you got there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Why I oughta? Yeah, so should we introduce ourselves? Absolutely. Well, I'm Jessie. And I'm Erin, and we're the Cage Queens. Slayed it. And this week, we are reviewing Peggy Sue Got Married, a 1986 film. And it's pretty much just about how this middle-aged woman, um, Peggy Sue, is um, kind of having this midlife crisis because she married a boy named Nicolas Cage. Or Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) A.K.A. Crazy Charlie. Uh And... um, it was kind of her first love in high school and she just has regrets on marrying him and so they go to a high school reunion and um shit goes down and ultimately she flashes back into the past where she has this opportunity to kind of redo her um i guess teenage life in her mind and she goes through kind of some of the things that she wishes she would have done and um that's kind of the majority of the story and so we get to see Nicolas Cage both as an oldie and a teen so um that was that was fun um but yeah i guess we can just dive into some of the first scenes where we get to experience nick yeah um right off the bat i had to say um the very first like face we see not you know picture because there's like a picture at the beginning at the opening credits Mm -hmm. but the very first face that we see is our boy nick in a a commercial for his appliance store or whatever the hell it is that he owns Mm -hmm. but um i really uh wanted to know what you thought of his old man makeup or his like middle-aged man makeup it was so bad the thing the main (laughs) thing that i noticed was that his chest hair was dyed white (laughs) Did you oh, see I didn't that? see that. No, I was it, so, okay. I was focused on like uh, around like the top of his head, how it looked like it looked like uh, he was dusty up there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Which maybe is kind of the same thing that was going on with his chest hair. They literally probably used the same, like, spray paint on his chest hair <laughs> as his forehead. Like, this this has an aged effect. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was not totally convinced. No, yeah, he didn't, he didn't look very old at all. And I, so I did some digging into his age, his actual age and the, the main actress's age. And I think she was like, she was like almost a decade older than him at the time mm-hmm. of filming. And then they also had a daughter, which was, was it Helen Hunt? Yeah, it was Helen Hunt. Yeah, so she played like their teenage daughter in the, in the like current times. And she was actually a year older than Nick. <laughs> and but you know, he was he had the the makeup on to kind of portray him as the the daddy like figure. But yeah, he just <laughs> he just looked like he had really bad makeup. Like he did not it, you could tell that he was he was unsuited for the role that he was playing as a middle-aged man. Yeah, I think that's maybe why all of those scenes where he is the middle-aged man, it's all, like, really dark, you know? <laughs> like, it's dark at the reunion, and then, uh, I don't know, whatever else happens after that with him. We don't spend a lot of time with Nick in old makeup. Most of his appearances are as his young self, Charlie, because we spend most of the time in 1960, and... That fucking voice that he put on. The very first time I heard it, I was like, that better not be Nick Cage. Are you fucking kidding me? I was so upset by it. So upset. I know. Yes, the voice. So he has this very high-pitched, like, I don't know, just like... Hey, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Headache, huh? And that is his voice throughout the movie because that's how he portrays his character. And it is very distracting (laughs) because it just sounds so wrong (laughs) compared. Because, like, obviously everyone else has a normal voice. And then here's Nick Cage just, like, using this... uncalled for voice for his character and what I read was that he originally didn't want to play this part unless he got to play the part his way Uh and doing the voice like that was part of his way and so that's why it sounds like that because that's his own personal I guess twist to the character one of his and personal twists, yeah. One of his personal twists. And it is, um, it's definitely a standout character because of the voice. <laughs> God, yeah. Uh, Nick Cage called it a type of cartoon acting. Like, mm. that was his own des- description, like a surreal type of cartoon acting. And uh, everybody apparently hated it. Like, even uh, <laughs> his co-star Kathleen Turner, like, famously bitched about it uh, later on how just the voice was terrible and she tried to complain to uh the director francis ford coppola nick's uncle um but apparently nothing uh happened there he just didn't do anything about it so he's like my nephew gets what he wants (laughs) yeah i don't i'm a little confused about how that went down exactly because i think one of the things that Nick said was that, like, Francis Ford Coppola begged him to be in the movie. 
like really <laughs> wanted him to be in it, but he didn't want to be in it. Why would he beg him to be in the movie? Really, that's one question that is unanswered here. Like, yeah, this, is he trying to push him into like a stardom or something like that? It's kind of what I was wondering. Yeah. Or does he really think that Nick was the only one that could appropriately execute that role? Because let me tell you, that role <laughs> was extremely basic and any 80s actor could have done it. <laughs> like... I think, yeah, there there were a lot of better choices that could have been made. For sure, <laughs> yeah. for sure. I mean, we love our boy, but that maybe just wasn't his role. Yeah. yeah. Um, so another thing that got me that was his choice for his character was his teeth. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. this <laughs> this actor had perfectly flawless teeth. And so I you know, I made a note in my in my notes saying that like, oh shit, new teeth. Who so I, did the same thing. I was like, hell yeah, look at those pearlies. Like they're so great. <laughs> yes. And then as the movie kept going on, I was like these teeth just do not fit his mouth. Like, they are just, like, there's too much teeth for the mouth. Like, it's just, like, protruding out. And I'm like, you know what? I wonder if these aren't his real teeth. And then I Google it. I was like, oh, they're fake. <laughs> they're fake teeth. He has he has flippers in. But I was like, I, it definitely got me because I was very excited that, you know, he... Because literally in the last episode, we noticed that, you know, he was pulling out his teeth, that he was starting to get work done. I was like, oh, man, it actually happened. But lo and behold, it wasn't his real teeth, so. We did get a good look at his teeth in The Boy in Blue, and they were looking better. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So now I'm curious, because we don't have a gauge now, um, a gauge for the cage teeth. So (laughs) not for this one. We'll have to wait for the next one, see if we can see those, those full fuckers, but... Yeah, because I I took note of one line that he said. It was towards the end in the movie where, like, he was arguing with Peggy Sue about, like, pretty much how he, he's, like, the perfect guy. And so, oh, yeah. Like, he gets to do what he, what he wants. And yeah. so he says, I've got the hair. I've got the teeth. I've got the eyes. Well, Peggy, look outside that window. I've got the car. I'm the lead singer. I'm the man. I was like. Thinking in my head, like, he couldn't say that in his past role that he had the teeth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. So, I also saw, I don't know how true this is, that someone thought that he had, like, put intensely blue eye contacts in. But I don't know, I didn't notice if that was true or not. Or if those were just his real razzle-dazzle eyes. <laughs> I guess I don't know what color his eyes are. I know that they're blue because I spent a lot of time on, you know, our cover art that I made. Oh, um, that's right. How it was animated to, to from like a real picture to, you know, the, the cartoon version. And I noticed that the eyes on your character were brown. And I was like, no, no, this this is not right. So I had to spend so much trying to, time trying to edit them into being blue. <laughs> it looks so bad up close, but... Yeah. That's how I remember that his eyes are actually blue. When I look at that logo, I look at the uh, whites of our eyes. Um, <laughs> and I see yours are white, mine are not. And I'm like, yeah, I was pretty lit, though, at that time when we took that picture. Uh, yeah, I love that yep. it just translated into the photo. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh god. Um yeah, they're at the reunion in the 80s and then uh, the Peggy Sue wins prom queen. She goes upstate on the stage. She gets overwhelmed and she passes out and that's kind of how she gets transported into this back in the day in the 1960s. Mhm. And, um, so, yeah, she's a teenager again, reliving her days as a senior in high school, I think. Which would be, like, literally my worst nightmare. I'd oh, never, God. ever want to go back to high school. I know. I didn't go to my 10-year reunion, of course. I mean... Oh, fuck no. Granted, it was... I wasn't living anywhere near it at the time of it, you know, happening. And I also just never, ever want to see the people I went to high school with. No, 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 no. I know. I remember the the day of high school graduation. Like, I didn't even want to go to that because I'm like, I am just so over this. Like, Mm -hmm. I could give a fuck about any of these people, about the ceremony, about anything. Like, I just want to leave. And so, yeah, that was definitely the best day of my life (laughs) is graduating high school. I am so glad I never have to go back. My my actual graduation ceremony, I fucking embarrassed the shit out of myself. Uh, of course Classic me, of course, <laughs> I know. I um, didn't bobby pin down my cap like everybody else did. I didn't do it. I didn't, it didn't, the, the thought never occurred to me. So that was not a, a thing that people had told me you should do. And so mm-hmm. as I was walking you know, through the tunnel of, like, all the faculty that are standing there in their robes and shit. So I'm walking through that with my walking partner. My cap goes flying off my fucking head. (laughs) I had to turn around and pick it up off the floor. Oh, my God. Fucking embarrassing. That is literally, like, the one fear I had during (laughs) graduation. (laughs) I was like, I fucking hope my hat doesn't fall off. And I remember that my best friend at the time, her hat fell off. So it was like, (laughs) it was pretty much like it was you because your hat fell off. (laughs) Yeah. She, like, obviously she's trying to get out because she doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Um, Mm -hmm. And so she, like, talks to Richard, who was the king um, in the future anyways. But the only reason he was king in the future was because he was a billionaire, like, for inventing um, some technology. I think, what did they say? It was uh, technology that read books to the blind. Like, yeah. Uh, like audiobooks, I think, essentially, is what he must, must have invented. Have um, yeah. But they just don't know what that was in the 80s, I guess. So, uh, yeah, he invented something that read books to the blind or whatever. And so she goes to him. Uh, and tells him her problem to uh, see if he can help her because he's probably like the smartest kid in the school. And uh, she also, you know, decides that she's going to do things that she didn't get to do in high school, like banging other dudes. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah! Yeah. (laughs) And so the dude of interest that she wants to bang, his name is Michael, And he's, Mm -hmm. like, this mysterious dude that, like, knows literature and is very just, like, I don't know, philosophical. Mm -hmm. Um, And for some reason, that attracts her. (laughs) She likes that type of guy. And um, so I think she, like, uh, tells, like, Crazy Charlie, a.k.a. Nick, 
that they need to take a break and uh, oh wait no hold on I'm a, well they're I'm on skipping. and off all the time yeah yes but so the night that she goes with Michael that's when like she has oh. my favorite scene with yeah. Nicolas Cage oh yeah so <laughs> pretty much she's in the car <laughs> With Nicolas Cage at one point, and it's one of their moments where they're back on, and she's like, okay, let's let's fuck. Mm-hmm. And Nicolas Cage's response is, the like, the funniest shit that happened in the movie. Um, he goes, you want to have intercourse? <laughs> <laughs> he, like, he, like, freaks out at the fact that she wants to have sex with and uh-huh. with him and she's like come on like i know you want it like i know you got like you're throbbing down there and then at 56 minutes and 19 seconds he me- he says you mean my, my way, way? <laughs> i fucking loved that he just like uses the silliest terminology and in his already like weird voice that he uses it is just <laughs> the funniest shit like Oh my god, that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she uh, called his dick uh, his Lucky Chucky. Yeah. Also, did you hear that one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, that was by far the best scene in the movie. Doesn't Lucky Chucky want to come out? Huh? No. Your love machine. Your throbbing thrill hammer. Your thing. You mean my wang? But then he freaks out because apparently they had just recently had a conversation. And she doesn't remember this because she's coming back in at a point where she doesn't know what happened the week before or the day before. Um, But they had recently had a conversation where she had said she wanted to wait until they were married. And now, less than, what, a week later, she's saying that she wants to have sex with them before they get married. And so he you know has a big hissy fit about the way that she's flip-flopping and changing her mind and whatever Mm -hmm. um and drops her off at home so that's when she just leaves and goes to the donut hole to meet michael (laughs) and they go and they smoke some great reefer that she found in her dress (laughs) oh yeah i heard that comment yeah and then like Pretty much Michael just talks in poems. Like oh, he doesn't God. he doesn't say real words. He just talks very like extra. And then um they have sex the one time and he thinks that she's gonna move to Utah with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that they're gonna have a polygamous relationship uh-huh. because they banged once. Uh-huh. And that's when yes. she tells him um uh, Oh, this is, like, toward, this is closer to the end, but she mm-hmm. tells him, like, why don't we just let it be, like, a one-night thing you can write about? Because he wants to be an author. And she's like, use it mm-hmm. for your stories, obviously. You need experiences to write about. So it becomes important later. So I just thought I'd bring yes. it up now. <laughs> yes. Uh, so um, Nick, in his early days, had a very strong passion for music. 
And so he was in a singing group called The Definitions. Oh, my God. And (laughs) apparently he was the main singer. And so it was like it was just four different guys, one of them being Jim Carrey. And it took me a minute to recognize that that was Jim Carrey because he was such a baby. Oh, Um, yeah. So that. Yeah, I recognize him from the get-go. Uh, he does, like, there's a scene where he's doing coke at the uh, reunion. Oh, with, yeah. <laughs> with Carol. But, like, I I guess I didn't realize that he wasn't very famous at this point. I just assumed he was famous from, like, the beginning of his career. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he didn't really get famous until the early 90s. He was in a TV huh. show. Um, I don't know anything about but his big breakout movie was ace ventura (laughs) that was literally the one that was thinking i was thinking of in my head i was Uh like i know ace ventura was like a big thing in the early days yeah 94 so this movie came out in 86 so it was it was like maybe his ninth role or something like that so it was early in his career but i thought it was he was pretty good he was pretty interesting and pretty funny yeah, definitely. He was he was definitely showing some Jim Carreyisms early in that age too. So, but yeah, the musical group though, like was it acapella doo-wop barbershop. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, it was. I liked watching it just because of their dance moves. Did you see all the hip thrusts that Nick was suggesting? I, those thrusts, holy fuck! <laughs> like Jesus Christ. Uh, oh my god yeah because mm-hmm. so some of the singing you could tell that it was him but then the good singing it was harder <laughs> yeah uh. um but i love the line that he uses after that when he says who needs physics when we've got chemistry oh <laughs> fucking smooth as ice i know yeah we'll have to use that yeah one. Yeah, they were definitely playing his his character up uh, to be, like, this kind of, like, fuckboy, <laughs> for okay. sure. Yeah. All that, I think, happened right before uh, she wanted to fuck him. Yeah, so, like, literally, he was sending all these signals with his hips mm-hmm. <laughs> and with what he was saying that he wants to pretty much just bang. And then when she comes forward and actually tries to bang him, he's like... Um, can't follow through. <laughs> I, I thought at first he was just gonna like chicken out, you know, because he wasn't ready, and maybe he mm-hmm. wasn't ready. Um, who knows if he was really holding it against her, or just wasn't ready and freaked out and had a bad reaction. But yes, either way, <laughs> great scene. My my favorite. Oh, what was up with um? later when he climbs through her window to like talk to her but he grabs the pillow and goes to like put it over her face okay i i noticed that too and i was like so he's upset with her and because apparently he heard through the grapevine that she that she slept with michael right 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 yeah i get that yeah (laughs) but like his first reactions to suffocate her (laughs) And okay, and also he was sitting on her bed and she didn't wake up. (laughs) And then he puts the pillow over her head for a second, still doesn't wake up. And then finally, like, she finally gets that he's there. I was like, damn, he like could have straight up murdered you and Mm -hmm. you 
are just such a heavy sleeper. And maybe that's also another reason that they shouldn't have gotten married. Because <laughs> yeah, clearly he has he's got some killer, issues. like tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that just seemed like so out of, so strange. And then after she woke up and she's like, hey, why are you here? He's like, let's go to the basement and talk. Oh, yeah. I was and like, what is he going to do? Just... Take her down in the basement and kill her? <laughs> like, I know. I know, and then he just, they pretty much just had a screaming match about how mm-hmm. she, you know, was looking at other men and how, but, like, their relationship throughout the whole 60s was so weird because she would push him away, but then she would fall for him again, and then she'd push him away and fall for him again, and it was just never a consistent thing. Well, I think it's because, ultimately, she is meant to be with him. Or whatever, mm-hmm. but like she just needs to be sure of that herself because she forgot about, you know, how much he loved her in the past. I guess. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I it's it's a weird it's a weird like movie that promotes you know staying <laughs> the same person forever even if it's not yeah. right. But, like, it gave me such hopes that she was going to go back and, like, be a strong, independent woman that don't Mm -hmm. need no man. Like, it set the stage like it was going to promote a different message. Right. But in the end, it pretty much said, you have to be with the person that that you originally chose to be with. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't a very satisfying overall message. Because in the end, like, ultimately... I mean, she tries to push him away, but then, like, he ends up proposing to her, and she says yes. I forgot where they were. Where the fuck were yeah, they? Yeah, because she, she, like, told her grandparents how. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're missing, like, that huge plot. That didn't yeah, make any that fucking was... sense. That, that's where I was like, what is going on here? It got weird. I definitely got lost with the grandparents. Like, she went there and, like, was able to admit to them like what she was she yeah she told them everything she was going through and they were not phased by it and then her grandpa's like i'm gonna take you to a lodge meeting and so she goes with him and they're all dressed in like these purple and gold robes and funky hats and i guess um the particular lodge whatever was founded by a time traveler so they were going to send her back to the time that she was supposed to be in and there's a bunch of lightning and storms and there's like flickering lights and whatever going on and she disappears (laughs) and uh it turns out that nick really just came in and swiped her (laughs) but i love the line like right after like she's gone um and they're looking around and the guy's like well, the girl's gone. Let's play cards. Like, it works. Yeah, all, all these old people just thought, like, oh, what well, we did actually worked. And, but it was mm-hmm. just really Nick Cage swooping mm-hmm. in for the girl, saying, like, oh, they're going to they're gonna dissolve you. And then so she was like, no, let me go. And then somehow they ended up in a greenhouse. And he's like, I love you. And he gives her this locket, mm-hmm. which... Okay, so the locket was a big thing in in the beginning because it was something that Nick Cage, I think, originally gave to her. Mm -hmm. And inside it, in the 1980s, had pictures of her two kids as babies. Um, But then when, in the past, when he gave her the locket, 
um, she opened it up and she's like, who are these? And, and he's like, these are me and you as babies. Wait, didn't she, wasn't she, didn't she say they were like her actual kids, her kids' names? Didn't she say they were like, what were her kids' names? I don't know. <laughs> I don't Scott know. and but, something. Uh, yeah, I, I remember that she, when she opens the locket in the 60s, she's like, oh yeah, these are my kids. But then he was like, no, that's us. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But then somehow she was like super relieved by that comment and she said i think she said yes to marrying him again Mm -hmm. and then she woke up Mm -hmm. she said she loves him and then things went back to normal yeah Uh, and she woke woke up in the hospital and was told that her heart stopped and guess who was at her bedside and was there (laughs) day and night (laughs) (laughs) oh you know it was crazy charlie (laughs) Uh and um he confesses that he dumped the girl Janet that he was that he left her for um, because she was too young or whatever for him. She thought the big bobber was a hamburger. Yeah, uh, but she doesn't take him back like right away. She says like that they got to work on it. and She needs time, but we all yeah. know. I mean, like they're gonna go back together. But... Yeah, yeah, because like the whole reason for their divorce was that he cheated on her with someone else, and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes back in time, does this whole thing, she wakes up from that, and then all of a sudden she's like, yeah, I can forgive what you did. <laughs> what? Like, that was just not the the ending I wanted. <laughs> yeah. But <sighs> she did seemingly change her own past and future because um, there was ah. the, the book that Michael had written um, and so then in 1985, it was dedicated to her and A Starry Night, but they had never, in her real previous timeline when she was married to Charlie, all the stuff that we didn't see, um, they hadn't slept together, obviously, because the only person that she had slept with was Charlie, uh, and she didn't have anything to do with Michael. And so she had clearly had some influence. Yeah. Yeah, that was that, that was the strange part about how, like, that book was dedicated to her, even though mm-hmm. if all that was just a dream, then there's no reason why that book should have been dedicated to her. So, yeah, yeah, it definitely left us with some kind of, I guess, hint that what happened was real. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. And in, in, in some ways, I don't know. But it's ambiguous. Yes, so. It is. Yes. Francis Ford Coppola leaving us up to our own imaginations to figure this out. I guess this movie was um, his next like big box office hit uh, since The Outsiders. Like that was his last one. Damn. So we had watched two Francis Ford Coppola movies that were between The Outsiders and Peggy Sue Got Married. We watched Rumblefish and The Cotton Club. So apparently those ones didn't do too hot, which yeah. was fair because so... <laughs> they weren't very good. But you know what I'm thinking about those two movies that didn't do good is they had Morpheus in them. <laughs> I don't think that's the reason they didn't do I so I know well. it's not the reason because I was thinking, you know what this movie needed? Some Morpheus. Some Morpheus. You know? You know, I was really hoping that Michael would have been Morpheus and then, like, she would have shown her what she needed to get away from 
crazy Charlie, but hopefully Morpheus helps some of these other Francis Ford Coppola movies like hit the hit the box office hard so that, you know, he can redeem himself as an actor. I'm really hoping that not too many more of these are Francis Ford Coppola movies. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much to expect of the Francis Ford Coppola movies, but What about me? Um when he was at the when Charlie was at the club auditioning Peggy Sue was on a date with Michael at that club. That's where he asks her to go to Utah. Um, there's like there's a group singing like on stage or whatever, and you hear Nick's voice coming through uh, the rest of the music. And yeah. I I wrote down I was like, oh fuck, this is like what you wanted to happen in Valley Girl, you know, him being on the stage to like get her back. Yes. yes! But then it turns out he was really just there for an audition. And it was just like a yeah. coincidence that they were there at the same time. Because, like, the song he was singing was all about, like, heartbreak or whatever. So yep. I thought that's the direction it was going to go uh, in, but it didn't. Um, he was there for an yes. audition, and the, the record producer didn't want him, said he wasn't good enough. And then he was all butthurt about that, and his dreams were dashed. He no longer wanted to be a musician. I'm beginning to think that maybe there is more to life than just music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, yeah, I settled to, uh, my dad gave me part of his, uh, what is it? His paint 10%. store. His... Yeah, 10% of the appliance store business. Yeah, appliance, yeah. And so he's like, oh, yeah, I have a future now in this. And so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was just... I don't know. I don't have much to say about it. I have something to ask you. If you, like, if you had to go back to high school, like, if you woke Mm. up in high school and you had no choice but to relive it, what would you do differently? I would do two things differently. One would be that I would take more AP classes (laughs) so that I could get more credits for college and have to pay for less. And also, I would definitely do a high school sport because I feel like that I would have at least made friends. <laughs> and I might have had a skill that I do not have today. And so I feel like that would have been beneficial and made me hate high school less if I had people I could hang out with <laughs> so that I wouldn't have to eat lunch alone in the library. <laughs> Oh, see, I did that by choice. (laughs) I mean, I did it by choice because I didn't like the people that Uh, I did hang out with, but I didn't mean that I, I was still thirsty for friends. Actually, I was more, I mean, I was more thirsty for like a boy to like me more than friends. I just wanted (laughs) to be cute and to uh, get attention that way. But I mean, what high school girl doesn't want Uh, that, so... (laughs) Yeah. Um, my, you, I, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I went in, like, the complete opposite direction with, like, how I would redo high school. I was like, I'd probably take less AP classes because, like, well, I wanted to, my whole purpose of taking all those classes, I wanted to graduate early. I wanted to get the oh. fuck out, and my mom wouldn't let me do that. And so, based Damn on it. where I got in life now and all the choices I made between, you know, then and there, I was thinking, I'd 
probably just rather take all the bullshit electives I could, coast through high school, just do good. Because if you get, yeah. if you do well in all the electives, you still get a good GPA. That's very true. You know, it's it's all just points. And I mean, I probably wouldn't go to college again if I had the if I were to redo life. I'd probably figure out something else I could do without a degree. Just really? because I feel like I wasted a lot of time in school. Yeah. See, I I was thinking that if I was in high school that I would have gone to do a di- I would still would have gone to do a degree, but I would have done a different degree. Like I would have done a more useful degree, like maybe environmental engineering or something, and I would have mm-hmm. done more research into what schools I've could have gone to and thought about my future a little bit more um because I feel like I just totally fucking winged my college experience and because of that I ended up in something that I like but I just feel like I could have could have done better (laughs) I did kind of the opposite I like tried too hard in high school like to push for my future like I tried to take classes to plan for my future I was really trying because I wanted to get out of high school I wanted to leave I wanted to go I wanted to start a new life and so I was trying to um basically jumpstart my career in high school um but turns out I'm just not like super smart at like math and physics and all the things that I actually (laughs) wanted to do (laughs) at that time and so like by the time I got to a point in college where I'd spent a few years trying to figure out what I could do. Yeah. I feel like I wasted so much time to figure out that I could do a lot of jobs and be happy in a lot of jobs that don't require a degree, but... Well, wow. So, guess what, kids? Either planning or not planning fucks you over, so... Uh-huh. Either way, you your poison. <laughs> oh, man. We set terrible examples. <laughs> All right, so it looks like our next movie is Raising Arizona, 1987, described as a comedy slash crime. Okay. (laughs) I thought you were going to say more than that. No. (laughs) You can speak. Okay. Have you have you seen this movie? Have you ever watched it before? I know you said that the first one you saw, saw was Vampire's Kiss, but this one's been on TV, like a lot. Um, they play it on. I don't know, all those TV networks that play, like, movies during the weekend? Yeah, this is, like, one that I don't recall, like, seeing from start to finish, but that I might have seen, like, bits and pieces of it. Mm -hmm. Because it looks familiar, but I don't know if I fully understand the entire storyline. Did you want to read the little bit, or do you want me to do it? Yes, so it says, when a childless couple of an ex-con and an ex-cop decide to help themselves to one of another's family's quintuplets, their lives become more complicated than they anticipated. (laughs) It's got 7.3 out of 10 stars on IMDb. Mm -hmm. It was directed by the Coen brothers, so I'm curious. Um. Their movies, like, you either love them or you hate them. Remind me of what some of their other movies are. Uh, No Country for Old Men would be one of them, Mm. which I'm sure you haven't seen, seen, but that's, I know, (laughs) that's the first one that comes to mind. Let me, let's pull Fargo. Oh! Uh, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? That's a famous one. Um, True Grit, the newer one with... 
what Jeff Bridges mm. is one. The Big Lebowski. Oh, shit. Uh, and then a bunch of other ones, but I'm trying to just name ones that I think yes, we would I, see. Yeah. I've seen Fargo and The Big Lebowski, and mm-hmm. I like both of those movies, so this gives me hope for this movie. Yeah. I mean, this one's before those. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'll be curious to to see. It's on TV all the time, which leads me to believe that it's popular, <laughs> so yeah. hopefully it's good. So Nick Cage looks like the main character as H.I. McDonough. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it might be good. I was just going to say, have you thoroughly enjoyed any of the movies yet? Besides. Like, would you, would you, yeah, besides Fast Times. Fast Times, you know, that's always the one I'm (laughs) going to favor. Yes, if we weren't doing this podcast, would you watch any of these movies that we've watched so far in your free time? If, okay. Like, if I rewatch any of them, just for fun. Yeah. Mm, right now, I'm going to say no. <laughs> Same. <laughs> uh, I think we'll definitely get there, but right now, it just hasn't, hasn't been one worth rewatching yet. All right, then I guess we're just going to, just we're just ending it then. <laughs> Bye. Bye.